The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk With No Politics Okay. I'm your host, Andrew Lund, coming to you every Sunday on the BICBP Radio Network. And before we get into the show, here's a message from our sponsor. Imagine the perfect video store. It would have a great selection, right? Right. Over 10,000 videos. Three evening rentals, so no rush, no hassle. Fast checkout. 24-hour quick drop return. Open late every night. Well, the perfect video store... Welcome to Blockbuster Video. ...is popping up all over the country. There's one near you. All right. Hello, everybody out there. It is movie review time. Uh, no Marley this week. No Marley, uh, unfortunately. This month, <laughs> like I have weekly. So it's right. Uh, no, yes, no Marley, but Jack is here. And it's a good thing Jack. I am, I am. Because you picked this movie that we're reviewing. I know. I know. Had I missed this, that would have been some crap. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> What is he doing? I go, Jack picked this movie and I'm not even doing it? Great. I know. It's like picking somewhere to eat, but you, they don't have to go there to eat it. Right. Right. So today we're doing Pulp Fiction. Miramax Films is proud to present one of the most celebrated motion pictures of the year. The winner of the 1994 Palm d'Or. The best picture of the Cannes Film Festival. Come on, let's get in character. I'm so interested in big man's wife. Well, he's going out of town of Florida and he asked me if I take care of him while he's gone. Take care of him? No, man. Just show up a good time, make sure she don't get lonely. Girl. You see, this is a moral test of oneself. I do believe Marcellus, my husband, your boss, told you to take me out and do whatever I wanted. I love you so much, can't count on Whether or not you can maintain loyalty. Night of the fight, you may feel a slight sting. Pride only hurts, it never helps. In the fifth, your ass goes down. I have to say, play with matches, you get burned. We should have shotguns for this kind of a deal. We're in a lot of danger, aren't we? I'm prepared to scout the earth for that night. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Get down, get down. You got a corpse in a car, minus a head in the garage. Take me to it. Don't you hate that? Hate what? Uncomfortable silences. John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Amanda Plummer, Maria de Medeiros, Bing Rings, Eric Stoltz, Rosanna Arquette, Christopher Walker, and Bruce Willis. Looking at something for you. my friend, Luca. Die, you mother! A new film. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. 
thinking about quitting? Most definitely. What's she gonna do then? Basically, I'm just gonna walk the earth. What you mean walk the earth? You know, like Kane in Kung Fu. <laughs> Yes. How many, how, many time, how many times have you seen Pulp Fiction before this? Before this, uh, I want to say two or three. Maybe, yeah, I want to say two because oh. this would be three. Makes sense. Now, where you can, <laughs> I'm gonna give you the uh, this disclaimer here. Where you? Oh no, because you've seen it before. I was just wondering if you were gonna be confused. Yeah. <laughs> like you were. Look. So. Oh no, I got this one. I think. Yeah, I've seen this a couple of times. I actually pretty much saw this when it came out. I, yep. was, I was like 14 years old, and I was like, this movie's amazing. And it's still good. I wasn't born yet You were when born. this movie came out. In 94? Come on. I was me, born in 95. Jeez, you're making me feel real old. It's like super old. Sorry. <laughs> so this is not your normal movie because it is cut up into absolute bits and pieces the ending's not even the ending chronological order ending of the movie is the beginning is it no it's well like it kind of starts at the end because like the the restaurant if actually if you were breaking down chronologically chronologically yeah Thank you. That's bad. <laughs> I guess it's Andy. <laughs> it's fine. For the two-point conversation. Uh, it's actually in the middle because the day starts. Wait, no. Well, the movie starts with the couple at the restaurant. Yeah, but that's more towards the middle because that's after they did the whole briefcase thing. Right, went, because they're doing the briefcase with I think that's actually supposed to be the true beginning of the movie. Because then they what part? The, the briefcase part, when they're driving in the car. Oh, when they get the guy, or when they go to the guy's house to get the briefcase? Yeah, because then the next day when Butch throws the... That's the next day when Butch throws the fight. Right. That's the day. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> it's very confusing. It's it's so confusing. Yeah. It's still confusing even though we've seen it. Like it's it's the same as Reservoir Dogs. You've ever seen Reservoir Dogs? I don't believe I I think I've seen bits and pieces, but I don't think I've seen it. Reservoir Dogs is great. Yeah. Okay. So what were some of your like favorite parts that were like absolutely it still stands out. Uh, my favorite part of the entire movie is when um, Butch is in the hotel room or the motel room, and he's like freaking out on his wife, fiance, girlfriend, whoever she is in relation to him. I'm assuming spouse at least. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you forgot my watch. He's like, you know, and then he throws a fit, whatever. He's like, I gotta go back and get it. And then when he goes back to the apartment, he grabs his watch. You know, doesn't see anybody pop some pop tarts in there or toaster pastries. Excuse me. I don't want to get copyrighted. Uh, <laughs> and he just sees a gun on his counter and then here's the toilet flushed. And then when Vincent comes out played by John Travolta, 
he's just staring at Butch with a gun. <laughs> and then right when the toaster pastries pop, he shoots. <laughs> so I found that weird because if I'm in like that hostile of a situation where I'm not sure, I'm definitely not making breakfast and getting out of there. Right. No, I'd just be like, all right, I got my watch. I'm out. I still love the uh, the opening scene when they're going to get the briefcase with Jules, Samuel Jackson's character. And he's asking yep. the questions. And I just feel like if I wanted to get really vulgar with my children, that is how <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> Especially when he's like, say what again? Because... <laughs> Say what again? My kids love to say what to me. That's all I think in my head when they say what is. Say, say what again? <laughs> Do I speak English? <laughs> so that that's always. Do I speak English? <laughs> uh, that's always my favorite part. And then especially when he's like, he's like, "Do you know why they don't call it a Big Mac or a quarter pounder and cheese in France? The metric system. Oh, look at the big brains on bread." <laughs> I love that. And I love it. Straight drinks his Sprite. All the way. Yeah. What's in here? Pepsi, Coke, Sprite. Mind if I have a sip to wash down that burger? <laughs> Samuel Jackson is probably hands down the best character in this movie. I don't know how you feel. I, I agree. I like John Travolta's character, though, who's just like so late, but he just doesn't care. And then the scene where he's picking up Marcel Wallace's wife and she's over the uh-huh. intercom. And then he does the meme, like the meme that everybody's like, where, where's that come from? Like, you know what I mean? Like it was funny. Now that's a question I got to ask you. Cause I wrote down, <laughs> I did some notes because the conversation in this movie, I think what makes it because it's such a, a lot of nonsense conversations. Would yeah. you, and we both have significant others. So you're going out of town. Okay. You go to one of your friends or whatever and be like, hey, can you take Marley out? And no. <laughs> I, I found that so... I tell odd. one of my like girlfriends, like one of my girlfriends that I know, I'd be like, Yo, you want to take Marley, like go out for drinks or something. But like a male friend, I'd be like, no, don't, don't worry about that. I found like, that. I, so she'll odd. be okay without a male... <laughs> I found it so odd that he was like, he asked me, you know, take her out, have a good time. I'm like, that's weird. That's a trap. <laughs> right. That makes me want to think like, especially after, especially what, especially after what happened to Antoine. Oh. Well, supposedly we never find out what actually happens to him, but no, she said it was fine. He never did anything. Well, right. But they were yeah. talking about what he potentially did, but we never found out actually what he did. Yeah, the coolest because remember she's like that's only between antoine and marcellus that... oh yeah yeah he has the coolest nickname though tony rocky horn <laughs> he's like <For> real. <laughs> he's like you know that overweight guy he can't help that he's samoan i love that line too there's so it's many the great, best. there's so many great lines in this movie but i definitely wouldn't have done super... that what's that done what? no i was saying it's just oh. a super quotable movie you're right yeah I would have not have done that. And then I really want to go to Jack Rabbit Slims. Me too. Sounds like a baller over time. It, you're gonna get you're gonna get the car uh, booth there. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get the Chrysler for sure. Who suction would you sit? <laughs> I, 
feel like these are things that need to be answered. Like if you could pick a section, who would you sit in? Would you sit in Buddy Holly? <laughs> I don't I don't know. If I could pick a section, who was there? There was Monroe there. And then the chick that Mimi Van Doren. Uh, Mia th- yeah, yeah, because Mia thought that was another Monroe. Yep. And there was one more. Buddy Holly. James Dean. Yeah. I see you sitting in James. I didn't see James Dean. You didn't see him when he first walked in. Oh, when he yeah, I didn't pay attention yeah, when the, he first walked James in. James was walking by. You have a sweet. I'm into that. I could see you sitting in James Dean's section. Oh, for sure. I could see definitely James sitting. Dean and Audrey Hepburn's Audrey Hepburn's area too. If she's there. I love the fact that the dwarves sat him. That the what? The dwarves sat him to their table. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love how the camera pants to the dwarf afterwards. Like you're just walking away. He's like, "Yeah, here you go." What is he yelling? I don't know. Probably screaming at the kitchen for something, <laughs> or like, "Oh, I saw up her dress or something." I don't even know if she was wearing a dress because he's so short. But like, whatever. What else? And then the briefcase. We did mention the briefcase. I think this is the biggest question. Yes. I probably should have saved this for last, but I'm jumping into it now. We we could do it last. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, let's go last on that one. Okay. So let's go last. That's probably Talk the biggest funny. question with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're right. Okay. Right. Jack, Jack overruled me. Back up. Back up. <laughs> if we're talking about dinner. Why didn't Mia want to dance? Why did she want to win that trophy? Why she she did? Why didn't she? No, I know, but like, why? I'm just like, <laughs> she, what the she, heck? She was. Okay, this is going to work. I'm going to throw up a disclaimer to begin with this because it might be a little bit explicit because we got to talk about something. I'm thinking she was coked out of her mind. That's fair. Because wasn't it right after after she blew some lines in the bathroom? Right in the bathroom. Yeah. She said she had to go powder her nose. She really powdered her nose. Yeah, she powdered (laughs) her nose. But a lot of. And she did it so weird to like the twist. Yeah. Why'd she take off her right. shoes? I don't know. They both took off their shoes. What does that matter? You can't take off your shoes in a restaurant. That's unless you have a rock. Maybe in the nineties. Ninety four? Yeah. Wasn't this wasn't this set earlier though? Pretty sure it was set. No, I thought it was set in ninety four. Tarantino has oh. that weird weird blurred lines of a lot of things. Yeah. When he makes his movies, that's the same thing with Wes Anderson. Like Wes Anderson, you're like, is this movie set in the 70s or the 90s? <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> like Stupid Tarantino. Yeah. You should watch Reservoir Dogs, though. You would enjoy that if you enjoyed this. All right. I will I will yeah. find it. Yes, you need to you need to watch that. I thought the other thing I noticed about this movie. And I didn't really notice it before is you needed Bruce Willis in it, but I didn't really find it like necessary for him to be in there. If they would have just followed around Vincent and Jules the whole entire time, I would have been happy with the movie. I agree. I also think that the whole date scene with Mia didn't, didn't need to be there. Like that didn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is, that doesn't really progress anything. I mean, I guess it shows trust to Vincent at the most, but like, then she almost dies. So, 
Yeah, because they only have one interaction after that, and that's after right. Bruce Willis leaves, and then she's like, "Oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good." <laughs> that's it. And they yeah, make, like that's it. They make it like super awkward because she OD'd on it because she thought his heroin was cocaine, and then OD'd on it. Bad. Yeah, as a kid, that pro- that was probably the one part like I could handle the gunfire because I grew up in like the '80s, so every action movie yeah. had massive amounts of gunfire. I watched Rambo at like the age of seven blow up a guy with <laughs> with a bow and arrow. So desensitized on that front. But the OD part, speaking of that, the OD part was probably like the only like weirdest thing where he's trying to inject her with the adrenaline. And the conversation as she's like sitting there overdosing and he's like, you gotta, you, you gotta pierce the breastplate. We were talking about this before. <laughs> you gotta pierce the breastplate. Yeah. And, and he, Eric Schultz is doing the, the stabby motion. He's like, you mean I gotta, I gotta like stab her? He's like, no, it's gotta be one quick stab. And they're like, I gotta stab her three times. <laughs> <laughs> they're like arguing over who's going to do it. That was probably one of the most accurate medical scenes I've ever seen in my life. Really? I could guarantee it. People would, argue over who was going to give this i'm guessing mob boss or gang leader or whatever whatever's wife the injection because if they screwed up that they were just going to straight die right <laughs> like that's over i like the part where travolta is like yelling at his wife i think like i need a i need a permanent marker or i need a, a, a something and then he's like a felt pen i don't care just give me something to write on <laughs> That's the stuff. That, see, I, those were another parts that don't, that didn't really progress the story, but they set up the story. Because when you first went right. there, and he, and he's talking, and he's like, he's like, hey, uh, hey, I think her name was Trudy. He's like, hey, Trudy, single. If you want to come by lady later and hang out and stuff, and he's like, is that the one with you know all the stuff in her face? All the stuff in her face. It is, yes. That one. <laughs> he said, no, though he was like, No, that's my wife. I would have been like, Oh, sorry. Oh. Well, does Trudy also have stuff in her face then? But like, I'm just trying to be sure. I'm just no. I don't Trudy. think we meet Trudy, do we? No, just another there's a lot of small bit characters. Yeah. There's just a lot of small bit characters that don't that build the story or kind of help progress it in a way or set up the story like eric schultz do we really need eric schultz in there you got you you played a terrible marty mcfly and now you're in this movie uh so you you don't even need tarantino played wolf right like you don't even need him. oh that was harvey keitel oh wait who does tarantino play he plays jules i know he's like a smaller role he plays jules friend uh jimmy Jimmy's the one uh, after they take um, what, what was his name? They shot Marvin? Marvin, yes. After they oh, shot- okay, <laughs> Jimmy, yeah, and to Jimmy's house, got it. Yes, and that is when the N-word flew like there was nobody's business. <laughs> Yo, for real. Tarantino. We can't, we can't even say that. We can't even say that on no. air. We can't do that. No. No. No, no definitely not. No. I would end this actually. <laughs> but what do you right? Mean? All right. Yeah. We're canceled. That's what it is. <laughs> We're done. 
this now. <laughs> I like the um. Well, I don't like it. It's a, it's a weird scene where um. Wallace and Butch are captured. The pawn shop is that the a pawn, pawn shop? shop? I I think so. He had a lot of random things. He like he had a baseball bat, a shotgun, a samurai sword. Like that's just a very weird scene like that does that need to be there too yes to get that's oh the, I, I guess to get butch off his bad side yeah that's the redemption that is so the, then that that scene's last then technically right because butch riding off in the sunset with his girls t- kind of the end of the movie that should know it's in the middle of the film yeah that should have been 100 percent the end of the film got it that's where it ends because because he's he's like zed's dead and then he just rides off in the sunset so it's yeah. like a perfect ending even though it's in the middle of the movie it's not a motorcycle it's a chopper where'd you get this chopper, it's a chopper. get on <laughs> i got it from zed who's Zed? zed's dead baby that's such a cool line too i, love the fact I like how he like walks outside to the chopper and he just looks at his hand and he's like i got a key with a z on it it's probably this chopper <laughs> It could have been like a car down the street. No, Zed that looks like a freaking buffoon is driving this chopper. What did it say on the side? Like grace also? Grace or power or something. I think it said grace. I love the fact that he didn't know that he killed his opponent either until he got into the taxi cab. Right. In the boxing match? Yeah. That he. I like how it doesn't, unless I like dozed off for a second, I don't. Did it show the boxing match or like the boxing ring at all? No, it cut. It cut right to him. It cut to him like getting ready and then jumping out the window, right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Okay. Because I thought it was like, for some reason, like I think I dozed off because I watched it at 7 a.m. after getting home at 1, trying to watch it at 1 also. Um, So that didn't work. So I thought like I just dozed off and missed the part. I think either way, though, even if you're. If you haven't seen the movie in a while, or you don't, you haven't like watched it constantly. Even if you are wide awake, at certain points it is hard to follow because you're trying to. This is a movie that you can't piece together by memory and the way that it's set up. Right. Like, um, I don't know. What did we do? Hook, hook. I could tell you the progression of Hook off the top of my head. This I've seen a couple of times and I cannot tell you the progression. Like I was like, okay, this part should be here. And then it just wasn't there. It's hard. Very hard. Or like, or like there's theories too, where like the butch scene isn't last. It's actually first. Cause like, that's where Marcellus loses the thing in the briefcase, which we'll get to in a minute. Yes. And then like, and then they get it back. And then the restaurant scene is technically the end. Cause they go to bring it back. So like a lot of people are like, is that the end because he lost this thing with Butch? Like, I don't freaking know. <laughs> it's it's just so weird the flow, but the movie's so good that you can work around it. Right. Like you don't even need to like mentally piece it together. You could just watch a good movie. Like yeah. you don't even need to like think too much into it. And there's not even that much story to it. Like there's not like a basis base story. It's just all these little stories with random dialogue in the middle that if you don't hear the dialogue, you may miss a quotable part, but you don't really miss 
out on on the movie itself right i feel a couple of times like just certain discussions like do you really need to hear the whole point the part about the the royale cheese or the big macs or mayonnaise french fries and mayonnaise and holland like there's some of it none of that no but it's nothing too too big to progress you mentioned just nice you mentioned when marvin got shot in the face which was so it was kind of funny but it's so bad (laughs) he's like i think you hit a bump you just shot marvin to the face and if you look at it too now that i rewatched it his hand is right on the trigger just right, right on the trigger that whole entire time. But then that's probably one of the second, my second favorite part of the movie is when they call him the wolf. And yes. Was like, oh, you can, man. you can call him the wolf. And he, and he's talking to him and he's getting all, that's the all you had to say. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking to him and he's getting all the information. And he's like, I'm 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. And the next thing you know, you just see this Porsche screeching down the street. I think it was a Porsche screeching down the street. It was, yeah. And it's like, so that's nine minutes and 37 seconds later. And he's in there. I love it. The other part I like was when he's talking to Quentin Tarantino and he's going over the, the, the sheet. The linens. Yeah. Yeah. The linens. And he's like, he's like my uncle, whatever. And aunt Ginny gave these to me and they're no longer with us. And he's like, he's like, let me, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. He's like, do you think if they were here that they would furnish you with a whole bedroom set? Well, I, I don't know. He's like, but your uncle Marcellus will. Your uncle Marcellus is willing to take care of you. It's automatic, all- like automatically involved now. Like, damn it. And he's just peeling. He's like, you like oak, Jimmy? I'm an oak man myself. He's just peeling back hundreds. And he. <laughs> I love that. Everything about that wolf scene was absolutely amazing. Just then how he... I, I don't think it was necessary. Like, bringing in wolf was just kind of weird. Because, like, why don't you just do that anyway? Like, clean up, clean the car, at least. You don't need somebody to come in and tell you to clean the car. Obviously, put the body somewhere else, not in the back seat. The trunk seems reasonable. Like, they didn't need to waste 45 minutes for the wolf to get there. They could have been doing that. I think the wolf was there to keep Jimmy quiet. And then how do you get rid of the car if you don't have connections? That's true. You could just call eh, call Marcellus and be like, hey, where do I bring this? He could be like, Monster Auto. All right, cool. Yeah, Unless unless it's strictly the wolf's thing, then it's different. Well, that's why you pay the wolf, because he's the cleaner. True. Got to clean these streets up. You got to... You gotta get it going. You gotta, you gotta get it out. You gotta get it out. You gotta get it going. Bye. See ya. Because that and was then the clothes that Jimmy gives them to wear oh after 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 they get they get hosed off. I love the Santa Cruz banana slugs T-shirt. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> That's probably just that whole where they're getting changed because here they are from like these nice black suits to like shorts. t-shirt and it's it's not even like normal basketball shorts it's like john stockton basketball shorts where they're like way too high the five inch seam like the the other funny part too is when it when they wash them off 
he doesn't even let him take a shower. Because <laughs> that's a, that's right. the other thing. Is Vincent? See, you had to call in the wolf because Vincent wasn't smart enough. Like Jules pointed out to him when they were washing his hands, he was wiping blood all over the all over the towels. True, that's true. So you can't do that. Yeah, Vincent was very smart. I mean, he was doped up the whole time, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I shouldn't say it's fine, but that's all right. Yeah, because for the movie, it is. I should say. Yeah, because he totally messed. Up. He almost messed up the wolf when he was like, "Please would be nice." <laughs> right. The wolf's like, "Excuse me, yeah. you called you called me in." Like, I don't care if you guys get caught. I didn't do the thing. <laughs> and like, why does the wolf not let them drive? Like, you know how he's like, "All right, Jules, you're coming with me." Vince, take the take my Acura. Like, why don't you just say follow me in the Acura? We'll go to Monsterado. I think it's because the wolf can handle it. Because the way maybe he's got like connects with the cops or something. Yeah, because he because he knew the path. Because he even told him he's like, this is where we're going, and this is the path we're gonna take. Right, but like, why didn't he just say follow follow me in my port or follow me in my Acura? Well, maybe he wanted like, that'd, have been, that'd have been fine. Maybe he wanted to take that car. Yeah, because that is maybe. Weird. Right? Like what you drove up in this sweet car, and like if you do happen to get pulled over, you're you're not at fault. The other car's at fault. Unless they don't catch it because they'll roll in ends, but regardless. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only Yeah, that is weird. Right? I'm just like, I don't. That's what like one of the parts that confused me. Like I could just follow you to this place. It doesn't matter to me, unless like if the wolf is the one giving them the car to Monster Auto. He's like, hey, this is what's happening. Maybe that's he just drives over some bum. Yeah. Maybe that's the way it has to be. Or you got to figure because yeah. he's got to drive. He probably drives it in because he's got everything set up. Okay, I think I figured it out. <laughs> he he's got to drive it in. He's gonna drive. He's got to go with Jules anyways. And he probably doesn't want to sit in the passenger seat. Right. Because it's Jules' car, as far as I know. So he doesn't want to sit in the passenger seat. So he's like, Jules, I'm driving. You're going to come with me, and we got to drive it in. Vince just kind of meet us there. And then Jules has probably got to sign it away. That For makes sense. Some sort of maybe in case cops come sniffing around legal legal document going around there. Yeah. That makes sense. I like afterwards too, when Wolf is like, I'm gonna drive you boys home. Where do you live? And they say two different areas. They goes, Oh my god, I see a cab ride in your future. <laughs> Ari Kaitel is amazing. I wish she would have been been more involved, like a bigger part in this. Right. I like the kid in the bathroom when they're getting the briefcase initially. Oh yeah, and he comes like he comes out guns a blazing, literally, and misses everything. That's when Jules had his, uh, what do you call it? Moment of clarification. Divine intervention. Yeah. Yeah. And he was done. He was out. He was getting out of the this game. Is, I just had what alcoholics like to call in a moment of clarity. Yeah, moment of clarity. <laughs> also, done. another thing about the briefcase, why do these two boys that are like 20, 19 maybe, have this briefcase? I have no like, idea. Like, I know he's like, you remember your partner, right? Like, Marcellus, what, you remember him? They're like, yeah, of course we remember him. But I, why do they have, like, the most important piece to the movie? Maybe they were supposed to keep it? Oh, no. Like, keep it safe? No, because they're coming to get it. 
or maybe they stole it from him. Maybe business partner. And then they saw it and they're like, yeah, let's take that. How about we go into this part before we go into the briefcase? Sure. Uh, probably one of the most underrated parts, Christopher Walken coming in, talking to the younger character that Bruce Willis plays and telling him straight up that he held a watch in his butt as a POW in Vietnam. Many, many years. How did many, you many feel, years. How did you feel about Christopher Walken talking about holding a watch in his butt? Or, and I'm, I don't, I don't know. Nice thing. <laughs> because he was like, he was like, your dad held this in his butt for five years. And then I got it. And I held it for two. Like, yeah. no, no, you didn't. Like, don't do, don't tell me that. And then he's like, oh, this watch is so important. Like, I get why it's important. It's like an heirloom, great grandpa, all that. But like, it's been, I don't, you're not cleaning that. That's not getting fully clean ever. <laughs> if it came out, like say he did go to the bathroom and it came out, did he just have to shove it back in? See, that was going through my mind the whole time. Like, okay, so where in your butt did you put it? Like, wh- how? It's that, that thing's sliding out 100%. Did they like, do- you, didn't, you did not poop for two years or five in his dad's case. Yeah. So you have to like hold your hands underneath your butt and be like, oh, shoot, where's the watch? I love how he didn't even call it an heirloom. He just called it his birthright. Yeah. It's your birthright to have this watch. And it's like, it's like broken. Like there's no more uh, wristlet for it. It's just no. the watch itself. He has to get a new wrist watch and everything. Well, he can't fit. The, would you fit that all the way up there? I'd figure out the way how to take the watch band out. Well, of no, but like once you get it out, like get get the thing. Like go get a new one at least. You do Don't get a boy that's eight. Oh, but yeah, yeah. But like when you give it to him, like hey, he can wear it today. Like no, now I have to go to the store. I got to get a whole thing. <laughs> I'm eight years old. I don't have money for this crap. Like I love how in depth you got on that one. I'm pissed because it was the other scene too where Marcellus Wallace is talking to Butch. I think it was right before the scene where he's talking about like, Hey, you know, you got this fight tomorrow, round five, all like that whole scene. And like Bruce Willis is just sitting there looking at the camera, not, not even moving a muscle like the whole for like three minutes straight. (laughs) That's the coolness of Bruce Willis though. I know, but like, he's just chilling. He's John McClane. I love it. He's John McClane. Did you? Here we go. First time you saw this, and then we're going to go, because we're talking about Marcellus and uh, what is his character? I keep on calling him just Bruce Willis' character. Butch. Uh, Butch, yeah. Going back to the pawn shop. I don't want to get too graphic, but did you see it coming, what that guy was going to do to them? Yes. The moment they woke up and they, I, I did, I did see it coming because like once they woke up out of being knocked out, I'm assuming they had a thing around their head and in their mouth. Like I was like, this guy's a little creepy and he had to call Zed like, Oh God, Zed's coming. I was like, I know what's happening. I've seen enough movies. <laughs> what was the point of the, the gimp? I don't know. Like they didn't like, even that un- part confused me too. If they would have unzipped his mouth. This all could have been avoided. Right. And like the GIMP obviously has to enjoy it because he had like, he was 
whatever roped up to the ceiling or whatever, but his hands were still free. So if he didn't like it, that was like his perfect time to undo it. Like who would like that? I don't know. It's mm, mm. maybe that was another person they kidnapped and they just left them in there and they just what? never thought about that until today. Yeah. But like, even if they did kidnap him and then like did whatever, when they both go into the room with Marcellus, like his hands are free and all the dude did was like tie it up to a rafter. Yeah, but did you ever see Game of Thrones? No. Okay. Well, there's this one thing again. Spoiler for nobody that's ever seen Game of Thrones. I'm going to spoil it for Jack. But So there's this one guy. Uh, he gets captured by like another kingdom territory. I, I kind of lost interest in it after a while. Uh, but they like torture him so badly. This guy tortures him so badly that he just does like whatever he tells him to do. And he just like, if he's like, say you're a dog, he's like, I'm a dog, my Lord. And it just keeps on going like that. So maybe that happened with the gimp is they just yeah. tortured him and tortured him. And then finally he was like, this is my life. Now I live in a box underneath a pawn shop and this pawn shop owner and security guard do random unquestionable things to me yeah i mean it's a bad life but that makes sense yeah so let's do Which sucks but let's go into the briefcase okay what's in the, what's in the briefcase jack <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i have no freaking idea like i want to say i mean it's shiny clearly yeah. uh, <laughs> um i don't know i got nothing the one theory that I saw when I was digging into random theories about movies was that it's his soul in there. Marcel's Walsh's. Yeah, it's his soul. That was like the big one. And that's why it was so important for him to get it back. Right. And I guess it got extracted from the back of his neck, and that's why he has the Band-Aid. That makes sense. That was the big one. And then there's other ones where it was like diamonds and stuff like that. And they just didn't want to right. show it to you. Just stupid. Because it shows you, because I could see it being the soul. Because when the coffee shop scene, when he's when he tells Jules to open it, and they're like, it's yep. so beautiful. But you still don't. I'm just trying to think of something that's like gold and shiny that it could be separate maybe it's like a first edition charizard card or something like <laughs> people have done that have you seen those no yeah people have actually done like memes of that where oh, memes of like what's yeah. in pulp fiction's briefcase and they just put something stupid in there yeah kind of like uh the american psycho part where they're talking about their business cards people have Rearranged yep. it to where they throw out the Pokemon cards. But yeah, that was the big That's one. Funny. Is that it was his his soul. That's why if you notice the combination is six six six. Right. That makes sense. That's why they were thinking that's what it was. I'm trying to read a little bit here. Yeah, but that's that was like the big theory that I saw. And then of course my mind 
Oh, because Chinese culture states that the soul can be removed from the back of the head. And where did he have the Band-Aid? Okay. Back of his neck, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you figure everybody okay. was so mesmerized by it every time they opened it up. And you figure a soul is supposed to be a beautiful thing. And maybe those guys were demons or something. Maybe Brett and them were demons. Maybe they were like cleansing it or something. Yeah. Well, you figure if you own somebody's soul, you own them. True. So they needed to get it back from them. Maybe those guys were trying to sell the soul to the devil of Marcellus Wallace. Marcellus himself, sell it back to him. Yeah. That could have been the thing, too. Who can we sell it to and who can we get rid of it? Do and everything else. But that is the big conspiracy theory of it's his soul in the briefcase. Other than, you know, like... You think Tarantino's ever going to release, like, release what it is? No. 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 Tarantino's, like, out there. Right. Like, Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill. What else did he do? Django. Django. Um, Glass. Oh, he did those, um, too? Zookeeper glad or not not zookeeper. What's that? He is a zookeeper, but it's Bruce Willis. What is that one? Oh, um Unbreakable. No, he's like split. No, he didn't do Unbreakable. Split and Glass. I I I know he did split with James McAvoy. Oh, he probably directed. And I know that's like Yeah. Oh, you're talking producing, not directing. Yeah. Like, okay. Like my the bad. ones that he's like, we're gonna Oh, here are the racial slurs. See, that's the thing that I got. I'm not going to get too much into it. That's the, uh, no, that's my big, my big thing. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, can we tone that down? Yeah, it's uh, Reservoir Dogs, Paul Fiction, Jackie Brown's a great one. Yep. Kill Bill One and Two, Death Proof, Inglorious Bastards, Django, The Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was recent, more recent, right? Yeah, that was 2019. Okay. I think I've seen it then because that's like the one where they go back to the casino or like the old, not casino, like an old hotel room. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. I just know it's something about like Charles Manson and the murders. Like the Manson family. Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. I think you're thinking of Fear, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That sounds like that. No, I think it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which we'll I, talk. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Jack, I got another one. If you want to come back next month, mine is. I figured this is perfect for you because I know you've never seen it. <laughs> You're my favorite friend named Jack. All right. Yep. And this has my favorite fictional action hero named Jack in it. So we are gonna. So it's Big Trouble in Little China. If you want to watch that and come back next month. Sure. I've heard it's great. It is. It, <laughs> the character reminds me of you. So two Jacks. Sweet. Such alike. So do you have anything else you want to get out there, plug or anything like that? Uh, no, I actually just wanted to say I don't like, and I don't even remember who it was, um, who played Marcellus Wallace. Oh, Vin Rames? Yeah, I didn't like him. I think, and I was I was like 
double checking as I was uh, finishing the movie, and I was like, Michael Clark Duncan would have been phenomenal as Marcellus Wallace. Known at that point. Well, right, unknown, sure, but no, because didn't he do um the Green Mile that came out in the like the eighties, right? <laughs> I don't. Rem- I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. All right, he, I know he was born in '57, so like I'm trying to gauge his young to midlife time frame. <laughs> Green Mile did a lot in '80s. The '80s. Uh, oh no, his first acting role. Michael Clark Duncan was in 95 and he was in Friday. Oh, Jesus. He started late. Yeah. He started what? He was born in 57, so he started late 30s. Damn. But 40. still, like knowing what he's done now, had they recast it, I think it'd be a perfect Marcel as well. Okay, I'll respect that. I think Good Dreams is cool. But, but every- no, I mean, he, he did great, but like thinking like when uh, Michael Clark level- Duncan was Kingpin. In Daredevil, yeah, he was great in that. Like a very, very similar character to Marcellus Wallace in this case. Like that'd be, that'd be great. I got that because I just put up a post that I think Michael J. Fox would make a better Gordon Bombay than Emilio Estevez. Fair enough. I just, I don't know. I get more of a Gordon Bombay vibe from him than Emilio. <laughs> Even though Emilio is great, he is Gordon Bombay. I would like to see that. But still. Yeah. <laughs> In a different world, different world. All right. So with that being said, thank you everybody for listening. Uh make sure you catch out catch new episodes, like I said, every Sunday. Let's talk with no politics okay on the BICBP radio network, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music audible bonus episodes every friday at 7 p.m eastern on the helium radio network go to the facebook page because we are doing a toy tournament i believe we are almost done with the first round by the time this episode comes the first round of the four divisions by the time this episode comes out and that is a huge toy tournament and also check out youtube for great retro gameplays and everything else and with that being said Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Oh, you didn't know? Yo ass better call somebody! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the BICBP Radio Network proudly brings to you its podcast tag team champions of the world, the Nightmare Derek Jaws, Rotten Jack Gene Williams, the hosts of Common Debauchery. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you.